Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. Hope you're all doing very, very well. Obviously, it's been a, I wouldn't say a turbulent past 24 hours, but it's been a frustrating past day or so. I think for me after the game, um, I was at the North London Derby on Sunday and I left the ground feeling quite optimistic. I wouldn't say satisfied with a draw, far from it, but given how poorly we played, I was like, okay, look, I can take the point sweep it under the rug, move on to the next one. You've got to take what you can when you're not playing well. And God forbid we'd have lost that game. So I was trying to look at the positives. But today and yesterday, my Twitter timeline has just been flooded with that Gabriel Jesus miss. And it is just bringing back horrible memories of what could have been. But I'm not going to dwindle on that too long because this Wednesday, we are travelling to Brentford in the Carabao Cup. And as ever, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, JJ. How are you doing, my friend? And how are you feeling about the Carabao Cup on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, I'm all good, thank you. It's nice to, you know, sort of have a bit of a, bit of a day to recover from it. And yeah, like you said, you just got to take certain things out of your mind. Otherwise, they'll just eat away at you, won't they? Um, but for me, I don't want to diminish any trophy, you know, James. I want to try, you know, <laughs> I want to try and win everything. Will we win everything? Probably not, but I'd like to at least have a go. And I think that we've um, squandered the cups over the last couple of years. We haven't took them as seriously as uh, I would like. But I think there is going to be changes tomorrow. Um, he had his conference today, which <laughs> some of it was quite uplifting. The rest of it was very, <laughs> very sad, about, especially on, in regards to, yeah, no, he's not going to be back. Yeah, he's probably not going to be back as well. Oh, and yeah, just to add to that, Saka's not going to be there, but yeah, he might not be there for Saturday. So it, just, it just, I was like, oh, can we just stop asking him about these players? Because it's just, <laughs> he's injured, he's injured, he's injured as well. I was like, oh, who's fit? Just t- tell us who's, <laughs> go on, <laughs> tell us the fit ones instead of the ones that are injured. Because yeah, it's just, it's so frustrating. But I think we've got enough there, James, even in the reserve type tank to go and beat Brentford. So. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game because Brentford's go into this on the back of that three-one defeat to Everton, and I think you know you can't read into league form too much with these games because I assume both sides are going to rotate. Um, before we get into the preview, actually, JJ, I had a very exciting encounter uh, this morning at my local Sainsbury's, and we're going to play a little game of guess the former Arsenal player that I bumped into. And that, that's just it. I'm going to leave it as vague as that. So off the top of your head, okay. bear in mind where I live. Who yeah. do you think I might have bumped into? So I think that you bumped into one of my favourite Arsenal players of all time. And I think he's arguably one of the most underrated Arsenal players of all time. And I'm going to go for Mr. Romford Pele himself, Ray Parler. I wish it was Ray Parler. Oh, no! You know, fun fact, though, whilst we're on the topic of Ray Parler, there's a pub uh, down the road from me, literally down the road. I could be there in five to ten seconds if I put a sprint on. Him and Tony Adams used to drink in that pub regularly. When they used to have, if you've read his autobiography, the Thursday Club, or was it the Tuesday Club, one of the clubs, they would always drink in that pub. I'm not going to name it, just in case there are any weird people on here that might come and track me down. But I'm going to give you one clue, JJ, because... I feel like this could ramble on forever. He's still a current player. He's playing at a Premier League team. 
and he's a goalkeeper. He's still a current. Oh, Fabianski. Fabianski, yeah. Wow. There I was. There I was in my Sainsbury's today. I turned round and I always thought Fabianski was a short guy. But there he was towering over me, bags in both hands. Couldn't believe it. Well, goalkeeper's got to have good hands, mate. I bet you have loads of bags. And his control over those bags, I've got to say, (laughs) probably the best I've seen in Sainsbury's. And I go to that Sainsbury's most days. So hats off to him. But that was, yeah, that was my exciting encounter of today. Um, right. Just, just, to, just to bore the people even more. What did he purchase? Did you see anything? What, what is a second string Premier League goalkeeper by putting in his bags? Well, I didn't get a good view at the basket. Oh, I will okay. say that much. I'm pretty sure I saw some soft cheese in there. Good and man. I'm going out on a whim, but I think you know, given given that he's got to keep healthy, soft cheese sounds like yeah, a, fair, a fairly obvious choice. Um, but funny story, the reason I was I was going to Sainsbury's, and this is completely off topic and not related to football at all. Um, so my Sainsbury's is one of those ones that's, you know, they've all, a lot of them have got an Argos in them now. And I, funnily enough, ordered, you know, the Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. I've been meaning to get that for ages, <laughs> but it's been so expensive. I, I can't justify spending 60 quid on a PlayStation game. I saw Argos had it on special yesterday, 35 quid. I was like, right, okay, this is my time. I'll have it. So I went there this morning. And bear in mind, this game is a is a 12 rated. First thing they asked me, you got ID. I was like, no, no, you're joking. And I pulled my ID and I said, what? You're you're 27? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm 27. Like, cool, I would have had you down as 18. And even then I was like, well, if you had me down as 18, the game's a 12. So... Look, I'm going massively off topic here, but look, that, that was the highlight of my day. I, I say I saw Lucas Fabianski. You need to black junior gunners' uh, prices for your season ticket now, mate. Well, I mean... Look, <laughs> you're going to have to try and fix the way in. Little known secret, when I was first going to Arsenal, I, I did rinse that junior gunners membership for as long as I possibly could. Obviously, you couldn't, you definitely couldn't do that now with what <laughs> Arsenal were clamping down on. But oh. look, good times, good times. But... I'm not going to go off topic any longer. This is not what people are here to listen to. <laughs> Brentford on Wednesday. Um, before we get into Brentford, I mean, look, it was a it was a tough game um, at the weekend, a disappointing result, um, an Arsenal performance where we just didn't. I, I don't think we turned up, JJ. I thought we were really, really poor. I think there were so many abject players and so many big guns and old reliables that just didn't turn up. You know, Saliba, I thought, was excellent defensively, but his passing was was some of the worst I've seen it. David Rea couldn't string a pass together. He didn't fill me with all that confidence. And Ben White, I thought, was unusually off it. Um, there's very few players that I can look at in that side and think, yeah, okay, he had a solid 6, 7 out of 10. Um, it was just all over the place, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely it was absolutely shocking, James. Um, I, I, you know, I, was, I wasn't impressed at all. And they, I've seen a lot. Uh, mainly from their fans, but again, like I always say, from these media lovey doveys that say we got absolutely pummeled and everything. They, they had a controlled spell of about twenty to twenty-five minutes of the second half. You know, they're going on about possession. It was it was fifty-four to forty-six. That's not dominating. If if if, if you get if you get in like seventy thirty, I'll give you that. But. F- f- <laughs> 54 to 46 is not a domination. And for me, yeah, like you said, too many, too many of the big boys just, just didn't step up. And some of their, you know, bigger players had a, you know, if, if, if if I'm being honest, I thought Basuma was the best player on the pitch. And uh, I thought they were both good, Basuma and Saar. I mean, Saar's a guy that last season I thought was really abject, but he's come on leaps and bounds. Well, I thought the the same for Basuma. I was like, this is this, he's after man that I thought he was going to turn out to be, but yeah, he he just completely smashed. You know, it was very reminiscent of what he used to do when he was at Brighton against us. He just completely tore us to shreds. And when Declan Rice was coming off at half time, and you know, um, Vieira as well, James, I just I just turned to everybody in the room that I was watching with and just said, I think that's it. Not as in we would lose, but I, I was like, I can't see us winning because all the control that we had just just went. And again, it's the whole game state thing, like to 96 seconds after you score or whatever to concede, just ridiculous. Like to make, And Jorginho is one of the more experienced ones. And to take well, a the touch. The most experienced. Yeah, yeah. To take a touch like that, just so casual. You know, if we're three or four nil up, yeah, do something like that, mate. But it's two one. 
mind. What do you think it was that led to that performance? Because I I think we were going into this game off the back of our our best and most exciting performance of the season against PSV. Like That's the game where everything clicked. You saw the chemistry within the side. It was really exciting. Okay, maybe there was a... I don't like using the term hangover because if we want to be the best of the best, you can't you know, say, oh, you know, we can't we can't handle two games a week. And we've got a good enough squad to do that. You look at our options, you look at the players we have on the bench. Granted, we've got injuries now and we're we're spread a little thin, but when everyone's fit, we should be capable of dealing with two games a week. But maybe it's a case of in this circumstance where we do have so many injuries to the likes of Martinelli, Trossard, Thomas Partey, to name a few, and there's more as well on that list. Do you think that played a part in the performance? Because I think it was quite evident that for 30 minutes we we were, you know, at our level, and then after that it was just chaos. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've I've said it about um, the other teams as well in the league, James, and it was the first time that I had to say it about my own, so it pained me. But if you play about with your dinner in this division, you are going to get punished, and there was like you said earlier, the chance for Jezus and then the one for Eddie had where he, I think it was Jezus again, he could have slotted in, but he took the shot on it. Even the shot that he took on himself, he probably should have scored it. And I'm like, if we then go three, you know, three nil or three one up, uh, I think, I think they pulled one back by that stage. So if we'd have gone two one up then or what have you, completely different game, second half, completely different game. And that's the problem. For as much as I, lo- I love Gabriel Jesus, I think he's brilliant. He's at, he, he's got the lot. Apart from it, he's just not clinical enough. And to, and to not even get that on to sky that James to not even get that on target is a joke. It is, it is a joke. And then that Eddie, I I, I try I, I back this guy, and I, you know what I, I say to people: look, he is he is a decent enough squad striker. He's not good enough to be relied on permanently but he's good enough to come in every now and then and chip in with a goal here and there but he had one of the worst games he's had in a very very long time but also he was very lucky I I thought he was sent off I I, I thought that he's finished and I, he's a very lucky boy to have stayed on and then if he because he, he potentially could have missed this game through suspension so and um yeah just too many on the day just didn't turn up mate yeah, that Jesus one is the one that keeps replaying in my mind. I mentioned it at the start of the show, but I just can't get it out of my head because look at the goal he scored on Wednesday. Look how hard that is to score. And in this game where oh, he's got he's got the whole goal to aim at, basically. He puts it to the left or the right of Vicario and it goes in and he makes an absolute hash of it. I mean, it's the sort of finish Lacazette would be proud of. Um, and I'm disappointed to see that from a player of his experience, of his stature. You know, I... I don't want to jump on the bandwagon and saying we need an elite striker, but it's moments like that where you think, God, I wish we had a Haaland or someone that we just know would put that in the back of the net. Um, but I'm hoping, you know, that's going to be one of few misses for Jesus because I really want him to put those those just those opportunities behind him. He just he, he has to bury those. Um, and we just can't be having guys that that don't take up those those opportunities when they come to him. Um but I mean, Jorginho's a guy that's been spoken about a lot, given his error that led to their um, equaliser. What is it about the immaturity in this side, JJ, that leads to those moments of absolute madness? Because we saw it so many times towards the end of last season, and we've seen it several times already this season. Why aren't we learning and why is this still happening, especially when it's one of your most experienced guys? I mean, that is worrying, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think Arteta mentions it so much about the emotion. He's constantly bringing up emotion in terms of, you know, the fans. It's We've got the connection and the emotion back with each other. The players, we've got the, you know, the emotion and the connection back with each other. And I know I make a lot of comments on here about the song and everything else and how I dislike it. But clearly the play, it, it means something to those players hearing people sing it. And they, they, you know, it does pump them up and everything else like that. But I just think sometimes, and it's been an Achilles heel of Arsenal for many, many a year, James. I think that we do believe, well, we're the art, you know, we're the Arsenal. We're going to walk this. You know, we we start to get, for want of a better word, Charlie Big Potato, and 
it it just it never seems to it never seems to play out and when we do it at really 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 bad times i mean as soon as saka scores that penalty and ketia is the one going to it he's pointing and is pointing to his head like right lads concentration 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 and i'm like if it's in ketia taking the leadership responsibility in that moment that in a way says a lot to me that that to me is slightly worrying because I believe you know that 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 should be someone else. That should be someone else's job. Should be Jorginho. Well, there you go. And I, I just the thing for me, James, is is I can take. I can't remember the guy's name, but in the Europa League, okay, Ramsdale was a bit high off his line, but it was a weldy. I can take losing or potentially dropping points to summit like that happening. I could be like, oh well, do you know what we played really well, but. Crikey, he scored a you know he scored a banger, but we can see James such you know crappy goals if I can say it. <laughs> they 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 are rubbish goals to concede, and sometimes they're 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 entirely preventable. And you just you just think like what is what is going on? And a lot's been focused on our attacking, and rightfully so. But I still think there's big question marks to to be answered about what we do sometimes in defensive situations as well, because we just do seem to switch off and you've got to, to win the league. You've at least got to make your home ground a fortress. And I think most teams, when they come to the Emirates, James, they do probably think that they might not think they win, but they at least think we might, we, we could score a goal here because we just seem to just hand them out. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And after what was a, a good defensive performance against PSV, I was really hoping we would build on that. Um, on Sunday and I think for the first half an hour we we did keep them at bay we didn't give them a sniff I mean they had that one chance um, through Brennan Johnson brilliant save from David Rea but it was after we scored where there was just a, a 10 minute spell where Spurs just kept coming forwards and coming forwards and it just looked like inevitable that the ball was going to end up in the back of the net at some point and why we allowed that situation to develop and unfold God knows. But I thought it was at that point that our heads just completely went because we had players out of position. We couldn't string two passes together. The guys that we depend on so much, Zinchenko, Saliba, Erdegaard, they just couldn't string two passes together. And every time we gave it away, every time it came back at us. And that was, yeah, really, really concerning. But what's also concerning for me, mate, is that we are so low down on big chances created this season. And that is a huge issue because at the minute, I think our defensive stats are actually really positive despite there being question marks. But I mean, I guess they don't really account for brain farts on those old stat boards. But the attack... Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen brain farts on Opta yet, mate. Uh, it'll be there soon, mate. Yeah, it'll it's, be yeah, there it's soon. only a matter of time. The more we keep this up, it'll be there in the next couple <laughs> yeah. of weeks. I and then there'll be, there'll, be, there'll be expected brain farts after that went there. And, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, the attack is a problem, isn't it, mate? And I think it, it stems down to the left eight role because... Neither Havertz nor Vieira is convincing there. I think Vieira, you know, I'm not going to lay into him. I think he's had a good start to the season. In this game, he just wasn't up to it, if we're being brutally honest. I don't think he was horrendous, but physically just just wasn't up to the battle. He was outdone by Basuma and Star. This is is it, James, is that you've spent £65 million on the eight. And you do have to justify that fee by playing him. I like that Arteta has dropped him because it's it's not been working. I've, other than I thought the PSV game, he did very, you know, I thought it was one of his better ones. That and the Man City one are probably the two best that he's played. Um, and I think the Man City one, he was down the middle anyway. Yep. He, wasn't, he wasn't even in his left eight. So it goes to show, you know, what, what's happening there. But you're now, trying, you're now trying to shoehorn in Vieira, who I think's done very, very well. But remember all pre-season... Vieira was being used as a wide right player to supplement Saka, you know, to ease Saka back in after he had England games and what have you and everything else. So he's coming back now into that left eight. And OK, it's it's more of a natural role to him being a 10 at Porto or wherever he was before. But he's still learning that. And the one that we really want to be that left eight hasn't had any chances to, to be it as well. So... It's it's not going to be as you know it's not going to be as conducive as it was last season. However, you've got you've got to pick it up quick. I mean, there's so much about 
when stuff like this happens, James, you get two sides of the coin as per. And I know I can sound very moany and whingy here <laughs> because we haven't lost a game this season. We, we, we're only, I think it is, what, a point worse off than the time that we, but then the brilliant start that we had last season. And by this time last season, we'd lost a game. We'd lost the Man United game. So in a way, we're somewhat better off. However, I've got to do the eye test. And my eye test is telling me this isn't, this, this isn't uh, you know, a sustainable way to keep going. Even though last, last season we went so fast that we tailed off towards the end. Yeah, would I love a slow build and then we click and then we bang it towards? Of course I would. But I just I can't see it being sustainable, James. And this goes down to the fact of that you're, you're tinkering potentially three players for that one left eight role. And I'm like, you need to back one. And whoever you back, you, you, really, you like you really need to, because where it's chopping and changing all the time, the, the, the familiarity isn't there. You alluded to um, Declan Rice playing in that left eight role. I've got to be honest, I, I don't see Arteta viewing it the same way. I really want to believe he does, but I just think he's so adamant on getting either Habits or Vieira there. You've only got to look at the games we've played this season. It's been one of them two starting in that role. And at points, we have had both Partey and Rice available. And OK, we had the Zinchenko injury and you could make an argument that he was playing Partey at right back to to cover the inverting role that was being left absent by Zinchenko. I get that argument. But surely if you want to have the most dominant midfield in the Premier League, which I firmly believe it could be, Partey, Rice and Erdegaard is the way to go. And I know that people may say that's too conservative. It's too defensive. Look at what Declan Rice has done in the West Ham shirt. Look at those marauding runs. He even made one against Spurs. He can, he's got the power, the ability, the technique to run past players. And I think he's got everything in his locker to provide goals, to provide assists. If Basically, if Granite Jacker can do it, you can bet your bottom dollar that Declan Rice can. Do you have concerns that he doesn't see it that way? Yes, I do. Yeah. If, if, like you said, he's got 10 times the mobility that Granite Jacker can ever have because he can turn both ways. Granite Xhaka could only turn left. If you went to the right side of Granite Xhaka, you were through because he was never going to catch you. Well, he's either going to bring you down and get sent off. And that's not me trying to diminish how great Granite Xhaka was last season. But yeah, in terms of being an eight, being an eight as well as a six, yeah, party Odegaard Rice, if they were all fit, would be the one that I would go with, James, because he's he's good at recovering if if need be, but also he's got a shot on him. Rice, he could he could hit the ball, he can run. He can tackle, he can win that ball high, which is what you really need to be doing. You know, I, I thought when we were bringing Havertz on at the weekend, I thought to myself, right, here we go. You know, this is where he's just going to put himself up there, up top, sort of up top and smash, you know, <laughs> the old Roy Keane cliche, smash a few people to make yourself feel better. I thought, let's back into him a bit, you know, get a bit rougher and um, see, see how they, see if they can cope with that because, I think it was nearly three of their defence and then both the defensive midfielders were on the yellow cards. So I thought, you know, try and rough it up. See if one of them nibbles at you. Get a sending off and we'll try and win it that way. But he just come on and did next to nothing again. And I started to feel slightly sorry for the lad because when you sign somebody, James, that isn't becoming, you know, he was already a meme when we signed him. But he's becoming more and more of a meme now. And I, unless something miraculously picks up, I don't see how he can turn this round. Because he just looks bereft of everything. He, show, he, he shows glimpses, but he's another one of, yeah, I might get glimpses, but you can't rely on me all the time. And in that position at the moment, you need someone that you can rely on all of the time. Yeah, and I think that's why we miss Jacka so much because he was Mr. Dependable. Like, even if he had a six out of 10, you, you knew what you were getting. You'd get a guy that would do the defensive work. And um, I was fortunate enough to be on the Lato firm last night of FK. And we were talking about, you know, we're now in a situation where we may have Jorginho starting the Bournemouth game and he'll almost certainly start tomorrow night. But the reason why Jorginho looked so good in some of those latter games, particularly away at Newcastle, was because he had someone like Granite Jacker in the side. And Jorginho is going to get so exposed in this midfield, like so exposed. Because if he's playing with Kai Havertz and Martin Odegaard, 
Martin, to an extent, might do the defensive side of things. Kai Havertz, I, I think it's unlikely that he's going to do the tracking back. And don't get me wrong, I've seen it. I have seen him do it in an Arsenal shirt. But will he do it to the same pedigree that Jacker did? I certainly don't think so. And I'm with you. Like The longer this goes on, the more of a problem it's going to be. And it, it's not just at Arsenal that it's been a problem. He had three years of it at Chelsea. So it's just a continuation of that. He's, he's done big things. You know, he scored the Champions League final goal. But whenever we came up against Chelsea and Havertz was in the lineup, I never felt worried about facing him. Never. And I think that's that's quite telling of the sort of player he is because he's not, you know, he's not the sort of player that strikes fear into an opponent. He he just needs that that fear factor about him. But right now he's just not clinical enough. He's just not got that bit between his teeth. And that's why I think he's got to start tomorrow night. And, you know, we've done almost 25 minutes. We've not actually spoken about this game <laughs> against Britain. But just before we do, mate, just one positive from the game against Spurs. I mean, look, we didn't play well. We've not lost a game. We've got a point. Upon reflection, can you say, look, we've come up against a good Spurs team as much as it pains us to admit. Um, we've not played well and we've not lost a game. We're still unbeaten. We've got a point. Can we be happy with that? Yeah, begrudgingly, yeah, but you, you you take it. But yeah, I would I would be you know I would be dancing in the street about it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's one of those ones, isn't it? I think for me, look, I'm just just dusting myself down. Not going to get too downbeat about it. If we'd have lost that game, did you I, not? If... Did you not nearly end with that Richarlison moment? Get sweaty palms. Well, I, I had that corner at the end. <laughs> which then resulted in the final whistle. I my, my, I couldn't even look. I yeah. could not even look. Yeah. But I think for me, you know, I felt quite relaxed when they took off Madison and Son at the same time because they were the guys that were really causing us problems. I don't think Kudasevsky was particularly dangerous. I don't think anyone else in an attacking sense was particularly dangerous. But I said to a few people um, after the game that, you got to remember, we're coming up against a, a Spurs team that have been very settled this season. Okay, they are missing a few players like Benton Kerr and Perisic through injury, but that is a Spurs side that is more or less, apart from Johnson, started every game for them this season. So they're going into it, you know exactly the way they're playing. Um, it's a settled eleven. We, you know, I don't want to make excuses. We didn't have that, and our key men. Uh, in the likes of Martinelli, Trossards, you know, with them missing, it completely threw off the balance. Um, and we've still got more injuries to deal with going into tomorrow night, mate. So what are you hoping for from this game? Are you looking to just see a, a really strong Arsenal performance um, or will you just take a win under any circumstances? Uh, I will I will take a win under any circumstances, James. Um, I want to see a reaction because I don't believe that that performance at the weekend was acceptable. But if you said to me, we're going to have a really sort of scrappy 1-0 win, I'll take it. Like I said earlier, I don't want to diminish anything. I want to go as far as I can in everything we can. But um, I, I do think that there will be some changes. It's just who those changes are going to be, James. Because some of them, I think at least uh, there's three potential that I've seen from certain journalists. And I just think to myself, one of them, I think, what's the point in that change? And then the other two, I think if you're playing that against Brentford, you're, you're asking for trouble. You're just asking for trouble. And that's the midfield two, James, of Jorginho and Elneny together. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've yeah. seen that as well. <laughs> I, I, just, I just think that is complete suicide, even though, even, even if it's, like I said, even if it is a second string Brentford, you're through every time with them two because they just do not have the mobility. Yeah, and I don't believe Arteta's going to play that way. I don't think he's going to make so many changes that we're in a position where we we absolutely throw this game. And like you say, some of the, the lineups I've seen from well-respected journalists, I mean, they're just just a joke. Like, why bother putting out a lineup if that's what you're thinking about going into this game? We might as well just forfeit. Like, there's honestly no point in watching the game <laughs> if you if you're putting out lineups that you know include under 18 players. Um, granted, I wouldn't mind seeing some youth in there, but if you're if you're putting half a side out that's under 18s and guys like El Nene and Jorginho in midfield, we don't stand a chance. And for me, going into this game, it's all about sensible rotation. I think you've got to make players like Zinchenko, Saka, Jesus, Declan Rice. You know, he won't be available, but if there's any slight glimpse of him being fit, no way. Do not have him anywhere near this game. But those guys, you can't have them anywhere near the team bus. I. Uh, just, just wrap them up in cotton wool, keep them at Corny, you know, give them a hot chocolate and a snuggly blanket. 
just let them watch the game on TV because I do not want those big hitters playing in this game. But that said, I think we've got enough in reserve to still put out a stronger eleven, And we might as well get into it, mate. What sort of side would you be looking to play tomorrow night? I, I would I would have as you know as strong as the backup stringers we've got now out there, and I would I would splash one or two youngsters in it as well. What youngsters are you thinking? Um, I keep seeing Cedric James being put as the as the. He's right not back. young, is he? He's no, 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 no. This is what I'm, this is where I'm coming back to. Right? Why would we cup tie a person? That we're all in agreement. We want to. We all want to sell the club. The club would like to sell him. The only reason he's not been sold is we haven't got many buyers, and we're looking at it going. Oh, we've already got Timber out for a long time. We know what Tommy Asu and Sinchenko's injuries are like. We we might need a body there. Oh, he's already here. You know, let's keep him. You don't really want to see him. I don't necessarily want to see him. But I tell you, who I do want to see. I want to see. I want to see Real Walters. I want yeah. to see what I want to see Walters play because every time that I've seen him, even though again, yeah, it's pre-season and in the pre-season, okay, you know, the MLS as much as you know you want to talk about is it, glorified, you know, it's glorified exhibition football, really, isn't it? It's not the toughest of of opponents, but I want to see Walters play, and then in terms of the left wing, I would I wouldn't mind seeing Cozier Dubry start or you know even in that midfield Nanwari got brought on against Brentford before I wouldn't mind seeing him get around just I, I, I would I wouldn't mind seeing a few youngsters James in there just because I'm, I'm you know I want that continuation of the people that are actually going to be here you know start bedding these players in because you're going to want to use them more than you're going to want to use the likes of a Cedric yeah, and um, Walters is the one that I actually wanted to talk about because there's been so much hype over him over over a year now, really. I remember Zichenko he was... was raving about him the other day. Yeah, I mean, he was in the preseason last year and I can't quite remember if he went on preseason. I'm pretty sure he did this this campaign. Um, but we've all spoken about him. We're all like, right, we want to see him, you know, potentially get a look in. Not been in any match day squads so far this season, I don't think. And he, you know, didn't make any senior appearances last year. Um I think there's a bit of an issue with Arteta trusting youth, to be honest. I know, obviously, you brought Umanieri on against Brentford when we were 3-0 up. You know, it was a relatively risk-free substitution. Um, but he doesn't really seem to bring in really young players in the way that, say, Arsene Wenger used to. And even Unai Emery did, because I know, you know, we're going back quite a way there. But let's not forget, who brought in Smith, Rowe and Bukayo Saka? It was our friend Unai. So I would like to see that from Arteta. I would really like to see Umanieri get a chance. I'd like to see Miles um, Lewis Kelly. Is that, is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of double-barreled yeah. lads there. Yeah, there yeah. are. Yeah. Um, you know, Lido Sousa. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential in this team, but Walters is the one that I think is closest to break, breaking through. And yeah, yeah, he's got to start yeah. this game, surely. Well, that, 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 that's what everybody said. Everybody, as far as I knew, was like out of all the academy players that are, you know, going to get a first team berth. Walters seems like the most plausible one that's going to really get in there because the players all are raving about not just his uh, defensive quality, they're raving about his technical quality. So I won't begrudge anyone that seems to have any kind of exceptional technical quality playing for an Arsenal side, James, because <laughs> that's what I want to see. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just, I, I would, I would say play the likes of him tomorrow. You know. I think he is going to start Saliba tomorrow, uh, as much as I wouldn't like. Yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? One th- of Saliba, yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, I think I think Saliba's going to play because I don't think I don't think he's going to play the two lefties. If he was going to do Gabriel and Kivior, I don't see it. I don't see him playing two left centre backs together. I know no, it's happened towards before. the end of last season. I know, I know, but okay. I, I, I think if 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 that if he's got ones that are fit that have right footed. He'll play White there or he'll play Saliba, but I think he'll go with Saliba. I think, yeah, I think Kivior is going to play. I hope he plays. He's another one that I've quite enjoyed when I've seen him play. Um, Tommy Asu is probably going to play, you know, as a right-footed left-back. And then, yeah, that midfield, oh, God help me if it is going to be Chuchinio and Elneny together. But I, I would I would personally, I would I would go for Elneny over Jorginho and I would play Vieira and Smith-Rowe as the eights. If I Smith Rowe has to play left eight tomorrow, 
has to play left eight. And I hope that when he does get the game to play, he grabs it by the neck with both of his hands, mate. Because like I said earlier, that position's up for grabs. And I believe that he is the most natural fit at our club for that left eight position. Especially now. Especially now that he's gone. Well, yeah, I've dropped Havertz now. So it might show that he is willing. And I'm like, he just needs a massive game tomorrow, Smith-Rowe. Yeah, I, I think we're talking about left eight being an issue. We almost forget about Emil Smith-Rowe. I mean, he does work hard. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say he does the defensive stuff brilliantly, but if he can provide the goals and assists that Habits isn't, then he will find a way into this team. And we, God, we all know he can. So I really hope, I'm sure he will start in this game. I'm sure he will. Um, James, you say that though, but he was one of our, when he was... You know, when the obviously the, all the Brazilian boys had the naughty little party at Christmas and <laughs> he had to be brought in and then he had that stretch. He was not just in terms for us, but in terms of the whole league, one of the best players at recovering a ball high up and then f- progressing it on. And I'm like, that is exactly what we lack at the moment. You know, if someone's trying to play out, a Smith Rowe smashing into them, taking the ball off them and then laying on a lovely ball to... I don't know, a Trossard or a Martinelli or whoever, Odegaard, just to set it all up. That, that because the tempo of what we're doing at the moment is so much slower and we need to get it up again. Okay, the PSV game, it was up, but that's the level that we need to constantly be at. And we can do it. We've seen it because we will rip these teams to smithereens if, if, if we're playing at that tempo. Do you not worry, though, that because we've made such an investment in Kai Havertz and Fabio Vieira that he will find a way to make them play ahead of Emil Smith-Rowe? Yeah, he, he'll, always play, he'll always pick his signings over people that have already been there. We've seen that. Look at what happened with trying to justify Willian. You know, as much as Pepe's gone now, Pepe was so much better. You know, he got a silly red card against Leeds, but he was still a better player than William was ever going to be for us. And yet he kept on because William was the first player he bought in his first summer window and he had to try and justify it. So, yes, he he will always try and justify his signings over people that have been there already. And and youth players is too much. There's too many examples of it already happening. Do you think we have to start Kai Havertz in this game just to get his confidence up? I'm starting him up top, James. I'm playing him as a forward because I'm like, you just get him a goal. Or something, he, yeah. You've got to, you've got to help him just for so, his own, just for his own well-being. <laughs> so, with him up top, who are you looking at on the wings? Uh, I'm going to say Cozy Dubry, and I'm going to put Nelson on the right hand side. Okay, nice. I think for me, um, I would probably go Fabio Vieira on the right hand side and Nelson on the left. Um, I don't, but, I don't begrudge that at all, mate. That works for me as yeah, well. I'd be, I'd be very happy with that. Um, is there get also the cross, just get the crosses into him? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Just pump, just pump him with crosses. Get his head on him. Is there not a part of you, though, that thinks Jorginho probably should be starting this game? Because if he is to play on Saturday against Bournemouth, you know, we're going to need him up to scratch. And I feel like part of the reason that he was so poor against Spurs is it wasn't just that moment. Jorginho's entire time on the pitch was horrendous. It was so bad. Part of me thinks... It's because he's played no football this season, like practically none. He's had spells here and there where he's come on and you know, he's passed the ball from left to right and we've controlled a game and seen it out. But he's not had a full 90 minutes. So do you think he maybe needs to start this game to get up to speed for a potential start at Bournemouth? Yeah, I think he is probably, you know, I've done the team that I want, not the team that I think. And um, yeah, I think he's definitely starting and he'd probably have the armband on actually, to be fair. Wow. Yeah, I think I think you'll trust him that much that he'll As, put he'll put the armband on him. Would you be taking any of the um, the big guns, Erdegaard, Saka, or would you be leaving them at home? I would. I would be. T- as much as I would say, don't take all of them. You might need them for the bench, but I'm definitely not starting them. No, me neither. No, I think no. I think that would, that would be a mistake given the injury yeah. crisis that we've got going yeah. on. We, we we've shown already for me a little bit. That two games in a row in a week, we've struggled with it. Some of them haven't, you know, some of them did not look like they could handle playing two games in a row based on the example that we've just had. So I would try and save as many legs as I can, mate. 
because Bournemouth now, that's a game where, for me, go up there and rack that goal difference up if you can. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think Bournemouth's going to be that easy, to be honest. I no, think neither do I. And given the way we're playing, I, I, you know, I think we'll... I will just take a win under any circumstances in that game. Um, but look, if we can get maybe Trossard or Martinelli fit in time, then I, I, I'll feel a lot more confident yeah, about def- it. Definitely, definitely one of them is coming back. He was too vague in the press conference today. That, that, that at least I, I probably think Trossard will be fit for it. So, Well, one player I do want to talk about who I feel should have started the game uh, against Spurs is Reese Nelson. Um, and I feel really bad for him, to be honest, because... Every time he's come on this season, I think he's done something. And I think he's looked good. He's looked sharp. And I think I could say the exact same about him last season. He signed this new contract, which I believe he was a bit hesitant about signing because he wasn't quite sure what his future would be at Arsenal. He's put pen to paper. He's committed his long-term future to the club. I'm elated about that. But surely when you have two injuries to your two left wingers, Reese Nelson has to get a look in. But instead, he's put Jesus out on the left-hand side. What sort of message does that send to someone like Reese Nelson, who's just signed a new contract, committing himself to this club? Yeah. Yeah. The, not a good message, is it? I mean, a hundred, a hundred K a week, hundred K. How are you just, are you just leaving him out like that? It, it, it is baffling. It is baffling. I mean, even on the basis of the game, you could have took Jesus down the middle, like you said, put Reese on the left or even if you really wanted to move move um Havertz down the middle and then put you know put Smith Rowe either uh, not Smith Rowe sorry put put Nelson as you even as a left eight or something just you've got to give him more minutes you've got to give him yeah more and minutes. What, why is it with Reese Nelson though because this is what I don't understand when Arteta first came in I remember seeing a game away at Portsmouth and we beat them in the FA Cup and there was a very distinct image of Arteta with his arm around Reese Nelson. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Because Reese Nelson's a guy that throughout his entire Arsenal career, he's been in, he's been out, he's been on the periphery, he's gone on loan. He's never nailed down a starting spot at Arsenal. Never. It's never happened. He's never really had a run of games. And I don't understand why he's suddenly gone so cold on him, why he doesn't trust him, because he's a quality player. Like, I yeah. think for a lot of Premier League teams... Um, you know, in, in the bottom 10, let's not get ahead of ourselves, he probably would be starters for them. But he needs to play. He really needs to play. He's a quality player. Why is it that he's got that lack of trust in someone like Nelson? I, I have absolutely no. I wish I could tell you, James. I really wish I could tell you. I, I think I think it's just he, he tries to obviously manage and balance everyone's minutes as best he can. But, and it's shown with this sacker injury now, you are running them in the ground. And you have got the options there, and they're not—they're not bad options. Do you know what I mean? Like I agree with you. Beforehand, I was never Reece, i was never Reese Nelson's biggest fan, James. I always thought he was quite lightweight, and I always thought to myself, in terms of physicality, you're probably not going to make it here. But last season, and then every single time that he's come on this year, I think he's looked brilliant. I do. I agree with you. I think he's done. You know, he's always—he's one of the few players for me. That I'm like, he's actually trying to turn, you know, one points into three. He, he, he wants to, he's got a bit about him. He's got a bit of zip about him and everything else. And yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no idea why he, he's, he's not picking him, James. But there's there's a lot of players that we've got lots of questions. You know, I go back to Smith Rowe. Why isn't Smith Rowe being trusted? It's, there's so many. It just... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's let, let's hope that tomorrow night we see both Smith Rowe and Nelson start, and they both put in man of the match performances, men of the match performances, because we need these guys to be an option. We need them to be forcing Arteta's hand and saying, "Look, we're we're good enough to start in the Premier League." And look, straight after this, we've got a game against Bournemouth, who you would fancy us against. Granted, it's away from home. I don't think it's going to be easy, but one of those players has to make a claim to be in that lineup at the weekend. I truly do believe they can. Um, I definitely think Smith-Rowe could be in contention if he has a cracking game tomorrow night because that left eight role, it's there for the taking. It really is there for the taking. Um, 
And whilst Martinelli and Trossard are injured, same could be said for Reese Nelson on that left-hand side. Um, and God knows, you know, if Saka's injured, more and more opportunities. Let's hope that's not the case, though. Just before we wrap up, mate, interesting comment here from uh, Nobby Clark. I'm not having a dig, mate, but um, play the kids. Don't worry about this Mickey Mouse Cup. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I know there's a lot of people that, that share that point of view. Um I personally don't think it's a good idea to play the kids and get battered and lose 3-4-0. Um, I think winning breeds confidence, even if it is a tournament that you know, you're know you not particularly fond of. And to be honest, I don't know what we're going to achieve this season. Um, we might end up not winning anything. But if we were to finish you know, top three, go far in a Champions League and have a League Cup to show for it, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to be screaming from the hilltops about it, but at least it's a piece of silverware. It's a day out of Wembley. It's a day that the, the fans would enjoy. It's a day that the players would remember. Um, I'm I'm not sure I, I share the same view as Nobby there. No, look, start of the year, there's four trophies that we can potentially win. I'm deluded, James, and think we're going to win one of them anyway. <laughs> Carl thinks we're going to win the same one. If Carl's in the chat, choo-choo to Carl. He knows. But if we're going to be realistic with ourselves, there's more. There's pretty much only two trophies that we've really got a realistic chance of winning, in, in our humble opinions. And that will be the two domestic cups. So, why would you, for me, why would why would you play the kids and ruin a chance? You know, I couldn't believe, and I know that there's there's a fan of the of the club in the comments right now. <laughs> I can't believe they made 10 changes against Fulham because that's something that they should have believed that they could have won or done something important in. But they've they squandered their chances by making too many changes and everything else now. And OK, they're probably going to... Their fans will spin it going, oh, no, I, I, if we got top six or top four, that's a great year for us. And it is. It's a brilliant year if they got any kind of Europe considering what happened before the season. However, they can't sit here and tell me they wouldn't have liked to have gone to Wembley and won something because we all do we all want to yeah absolutely and you're, you're right we have um bizarrely got a Spurs fan in the comments Spurs boy welcome to the show mate thank you for tuning in uh you lot were terrible in my opinion I'm not going to tune into his show if he's got one I appreciate you being here no, no look, we're not, not gonna have a dig at you mate you lot were terrible in my opinion um, and got let off with a draw. Should have won. It felt like a loss. And I think, look, we, a lot of Arsenal fans have been saying this. Considering thing. how you celebrated, it didn't feel like a loss. I don't think. I, I, I think. I think he's. You know. I think you're being very hyper. You know, hyperbolic with that one, mate. No, I think. I think. You know, the result is better for Spurs. There's no getting around that. But I think they, they didn't feel ar- like they lost. No, no, but I think I think there's an argument that either team could have won it. You know, if we put that Jesus yeah. chance to bed. You know, I'm sure Spurs boy, you can agree that this would have been potentially a very different game. I'm not saying that he, he would he would he would have been in the chat if that if Jesus and Katie's <laughs> no, no, true, very, <laughs> he very, would've, true. he would have been here. Let's be honest. But look, I'm not saying two 0 at home potentially is a safe scoreline for Arsenal. It definitely isn't. But we could have gone on to win that game if if Declan Rice doesn't go off injured. Maybe we hold the two one lead. I don't know. But equally, you know, you you could have won it. Um, we could have crumbled, but. I think if we're being totally honest and totally realistic, draws a fair result for both teams. So let's keep let's keep it civilized, guys. Um, yeah, and on that note, I mean Phil Mack has just joined us in the chat room. Just the wrong time, mate. We're just drawing it to a close, but lovely to have you here as ever. Make sure you press the rewind button. Um, and look, Spurs boys agreed with us. There we go. So thank you for tuning in, mate. Always a pleasure. Um JJ, we're at the end of the show, mate. Anything at all you'd like to add before we hop off? Uh, no, um, just thanks to everybody that was in the chat. And yes, hello, Phil, if you've only just joined, uh, press rewind and watch it from the beginning. But stick with it because we didn't get into the football right away. But just stick with it. We do, no, we do get into the football. There's a good bit of Lucas Fabianski and yeah. uh, and Sainsbury's slash Argos chat for a good five, <laughs> ten minutes. But it is worth it. It is worth it. Trust me. But yes. Um, but no, I will. I will let you go so that you can uh, play your Harry P- Hogwarts legacy, or whatever it is. My Harry Potter Hogwarts legacy. Yes, I uh, couldn't remember what it was called for a sec. There, I was like, "Is it Harry Potter's legacy or Hogwarts legacy?" And I, was like, I no, wish it was Harry Potter's legacy. legacy. That sounds a lot yeah. better. But look, for, for those <laughs> that join us late, I got ID'd for a game that is a twelve today, um, despite being twenty-seven years of age. 
goodness me. And like you uh, like you said, mate. I know EA, EAFC comes out on Friday, sixty four ninety nine, cheapest price. Mental, isn't it? Get For... out of town, and that's a standard edition. I don't get anything extra. Are you getting it? Not for that price. No, no it's way. mental, isn't it? Do you remember no when games like an expensive game used to be forty quid? I remember years and years ago, right, mate. My brother bought Ape Escape for PS One. <laughs> Gassed that he got Ape Escape for PS One. Come home realized that you had to have the analog controller because you had to flick the sticks in order to get the apes in the net but we only had the ones without the stick if you remember at first the analog controller wasn't out it was just plain and so we had to go back the next day to toy master to buy the my dad was seething he went i've paid 49.99 for a game now i've got to pay 29.99 for a controller he was livid livid it's mental, isn't it? Like, yeah, but I'm it was his to... birthday, so he had to buy him. It, it was he had to, yeah, yeah. Sue wasn't going to let that slide, Sue was not going to let that slide. So, but look, I mean, yeah. going off topic again, but I think we can all agree the price of video games is just absolutely absurd these days. Um, but before we, you know, probably take this conversation post show, um, <laughs> what, uh, what is your prediction for tomorrow night, mate? Yeah, I know Amanda's at dinner, so she hasn't got a pen and paper there. But Carl, you, uh, if you if you've got pen and paper there, you, Carl, Carl's very well prepped. He knows what he's doing. Um, so I am going to go for two, Arsenal two, Brentford one. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you, Spurs boy. It's nice nice to know that some of them are civilized. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> there's some good eggs in there. There is, especially their manager. He's a great egg. He is, yeah. He's, he's I don't care. Great. I don't care if that's a controversial opinion. He's it's a, not controversial, he's a, he's a mate. Great, he's a great egg. He's a lovely. And what, to be fair, what I liked about him yesterday was that he didn't really disrespect us in any no. way whatsoever after the no. game. All he's doing is talking about Spurs, which is like absolutely fine. I haven't really got a problem with him talking about the penalty, to be honest, because it's one of those ones that if it went against us, I think we'd be seething. Um, so no. Good bloke. Really loved what he did at that um, media day with Spurs earlier on in the week. If you've not seen the clip of that, make sure you go and check it out. Um, But I'm not going to praise Spurs too much. That's all I've got in me. Um, (laughs) Anyway, going to leave it there. Thank you to everyone. What about you, Cookie? You ain't done your prediction, mate. My prediction. Amanda will go mental. She will. She will. I'll be having WhatsApps all night. Um, I reckon it'll be hmm, 3-1 Arsenal. Yeah, Three one we'll Arsenal. That. We'll take that, and uh, we'll go for a Havertz goal. Why not? Why the Need hell to. not? Need to. Right. Well, <laughs> on that note, I'll leave it there. Thank you to everyone that's joined us in the chat room. Thank you to everyone that is listening later on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you as ever to James Johnson for being my co-host, my guest, whatever you want to call him tonight. It's been fantastic as always. <laughs> I'll uh, be called worse, <laughs> so I'll take that. <laughs> it'll do, mate. It'll do. Um, make sure you follow JJ on Twitter at LLCoolJames91 and subscribe to his fantastic YouTube channel, the James Johnston YouTube channel, or is it football channel? YouTube James Johnston football channel. Even you had to remember that. Right? Yeah. The James yeah. Johnston football channel. All righty. So, um, yeah, thanks again to JJ. Thank you again to all the people in the chat room. Uh, from myself and from JJ, up the Arsenal. See you later. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.